0: Hello, friends. Today's episode is sponsored by Dante Zampetti, loan officer with Movement Mortgage, specializing in helping veterans use the benefits they have earned. Know a veteran who has questions on the VA home loan benefits Dante can help? Call him at 937-522-5419 to learn more. Dante Zompeti, NMLS number 145-2256. Movement Mortgage Supports Equal Housing Opportunity, NMLS ID 39179 www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. All right, Ben, today's podcast, we're going to get started on, what, some goals? Talk about a few stories we might have? Yeah,
1: talk about a couple stories maybe, um, but I think the big topic today is going to be goals. Um, I'm going to quick plug Dante, if you want a story. Yep. I uh, We've got a contract on a house that's supposed to close August 3rd.
0: What am I supposed to do? What do you, what do you want me to do? Well, well, we'll get into... So what did Dante do for you real quick? Let's plug Dante real Yeah, quick. plug
1: Dante. So uh, we have a, a closing supposed to be happening August 3rd. Yesterday is July 21st. The uh, loan officer on a deal um, that was not Dante said that they were going to need an, ext- a, an additional 30 days. I called Dante up. Whoa. Exactly. I called Dante up and I say, Hey, can you get a deal closed in nine business days And
0: <laughs> during COVID?
1: And there was some heavy, uh, anger in his voice. Um, but he said that they could get it done. Yeah. I get a text message from his, uh, recent hired assistant and said, Hey, this is Lawrence with movement. I work with Dante. He just dropped the blank file on my desk. Just wanted to let you know, I hate you, <laughs> <laughs> to which I responded. I assure you, I assure you, you that your hate will only grow stronger as more deals come across your desk from you, from me specifically. That's hilarious. But yeah, uh, Dante is, Dante is great. If you are, if you are looking um, to buy a home, I would absolutely
0: reach out to him. while wow, and the longest ad for the cheapest price. I don't well, think we're, it ever. No, we're going to,
1: we are going to charge him more for that.
0: Yeah. So a thousand dollars probably. It's about a minute long. Yeah, that's fair. Cool. All right, guys. So today's podcast, will we'll get into some stories. We have some goals, and I think just business general stuff. I think can help people overall. But all right, let's get started. All right Ben, today we are guestless. It's just us again. Just us. I know I was trying to I said I'd bring my one guy into it and just we weren't able to connect so we're trying to get that happen maybe next week. That works for me. Do you feel like
1: I feel like we've been away from the pod for like weeks. I feel like I'm like I, I didn't like even re- the intro for all, all those who forgot. for you all, all those who don't they're like wow you guys your pod is so good. <laughs> How do you guys who who's your editor? And we say it's one take. And they're like, no, no, there's no way you guys can create such gold in one take. Listen to the intro. That proves that it's not one take. But now the conspiracy theorists are going to be like, wait a second. They're telling us to listen to the intro because it, by saying it's one take, to prove that it's one take, which only proves that it's not one take. Right. Which puts you in a whirlwind. Are we one take? Totally one take. One take.
0: Because I'm too lazy to do anything else. That's all we need to do. I do the instrumentals myself. It, that is that is Trent playing the drums in my closet at home in your closet at home busting away and
1: he's good he, he's good for that one beat outside of that he hasn't learned much more hot beat hot in an
0: R and B hip hop era some would say a beat of a generation for sure icon uh, <laughs> all right Ben story time what you got man I don't I don't have really
1: anything nothing crazy nothing crazy going on I've uh, We had a closing last week where um, buyer believed the mask did one thing and the sellers believe the mask didn't do anything. And it turned into a screaming match. Uh, Mind you, everybody was wearing the mask at the closing table.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: But because they had different opinions, it was was Armageddon. Really? To which I wanted to say to the buyer, Hey, buddy, uh, I've sold a lot of houses for this client. And she will walk away if you piss her off. Enough. Over a mask, over a mask. Everybody is wearing a mask, and I, I don't care whether or not you believe it's doing something or your rights are being oppressed. But if if somebody in the room wants you to wear a mask, just just wear the mask. Just
0: wear the mask. I I, I get the argument, like I question it but at the yes, same time. Absolutely. it doesn't hurt me to put it on. I'm no. not there to offend anyone, make anyone mad. Just. Just do it. Yeah, the guy the,
1: the guy at the the guy across the table from me who's wearing a mask isn't one of the people who's trying to oppress you, but he believes it is, so just put the damn mask on. What yeah, whatever. Whatever. So screaming match over mask. That's awesome. That's that's pretty much the craziest thing that's happened. I haven't slept much in three weeks. Um child
0: r- tearing into you.
1: Child's tearing into me. I felt like I was hallucinating the other night. <laughs> but other than that, I'm good. That's awesome. I've drank more coffee. I, I I used to be uh, a medium Duncan in the morning, a medium coffee, right, and then a cup of coffee at the around like the four or five o'clock. A Little boost, yeah, little boost. I'm now a large coffee in the morning, a mid-afternoon coffee medium, right, and then one to probably end the day. So I'm I'm I've tripled my coffee intake since having a child.
0: You know, caffeine's a drug, right? Oh, I'm <laughs> heavily addicted to it. So, like you always talk about, something always seems to come up at closings. Now it's mask. It's one of the other things: politics, mask, family, religion, divorce. I mean, I don't want to call it a crazy story, but the recent thing I had is, uh, closing on a house a couple of weeks ago with a divorce couple. People buying it, separate rooms. Um, it was pretty intense. So the whole time I was trying to sell their house, I had, it was like dealing with two sellers, and now I was also working on the buyer side. So it's I literally had three different clients with three different perspectives. On how things should go so that was really that wasn't horrible but it was it was crazy how things were happening like the wife was afraid of the husband the husband thought
1: which is just so scary
0: yeah i don't i don't know if she was like overdoing it like there's some crazy stuff like the wife said like i went there for final walkthrough she was still there was still stuff in the garage junk like so it's hard to negotiate figure that stuff out she's like yeah he was at the gun range with my photo shooting at it i was like okay and then we get to closing, and at closing, um, she was nervous, like basically breaking down. I know it's sad, she never thought she'd get divorced. It's very like intense. One, you're selling your house, and two, you never thought you'd get divorced. And she's asking uh Angela up front or Amanda at the time, like, Hey, are there cameras here? I'm I'm afraid he's gonna do something in my car or something like that. And that's what she told me. I was like, Oh no. I don't know if he really did. Like you he get two there's there's one there's two sides of the story, then there's the truth. R- regardless of And I'm extreme ends and it was yeah. And the buyers are like, what's going on? I had three rooms. Luckily, the closer Jake was awesome. He was just, he's like, I, I was like, I warned him ahead of time. Hey, it's gonna be three different things. You might hear a bunch of stuff. It wasn't as bad as I thought. I had to keep them in separate rooms so they can't see each other. I mean, it was, I felt like it was a principal.
1: And Jake is an awesome um, closer and he is very good at handling the situations. Do you think real very estate calm, agents yeah. have it crazy? <laughs> Title companies are yeah. a whole, they, they see everything all the negative that happened at a closing all the negative that's happened in the past 45 days in one hour, in one hour or longer or longer title mm-hmm. companies have it nuts. Now um, I won't share what title company Jake is with um, because no
0: free ads. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. We're advertising, but
1: <laughs> Jake, I got to reach list. out to him. I bet,
0: you know, what, I bet we could get it. I bet, I bet we, we can get a sponsor. Yeah, I bet we could get yeah. a sponsor, but what
1: a lot of people don't understand, and somebody taught me this early in real estate, and a lot of real estate agents know this: that no matter what the transaction, unless it's an investor, right? Unless it's investor mm-hmm. to investor, mm-hmm. it's an emotional experience. And as an agent, you've got to you've got to work those emotions, right? So somebody's divorced; they're sad. You've got to be there for them, right? You can't be dismissive of that emotion. Um, a new, a first-time home buyer, he's or she is so excited about buying that house, and it's in, it's important to encourage that excitement. But as a real estate agent, you are a therapist
0: a lot of the times. I I was literally thinking about this the other day. Glad you brought that up. I got my counseling degree. Yeah. And I'm going to start using that as part of a sales pitch or package because I tell... Sometimes I will. Maybe the sellers I will. if I'm talking buyers or other agents because you are literally counseling people. You are. They will tell you stuff. Maybe we said this before. They'll tell you stuff they probably won't tell most random people. But you are selling their house and then they just break down. Like you talk to them like at least once a week, usually you're, they say, Hey, I got this going on. I got to get it sold. You're like, I'm going to do everything I can. But the stuff they tell you why they have to sell it and how much money they need yeah. and what they need it for and the timeframe they need it. You're just like, Oh boy. Like, I don't know if I want to know all that
1: as an agent, you have to, you have to give them realistic expectations, but also be managing their emotions, right? If they're, if they're totally stressed out, yeah, you gotta, you gotta tell them the truth about what's happening but also manage that stress because no matter what, you could you could have the best systems and models as a real estate agent, your client is gonna be stressed at some point
0: in this in this transaction. And, and I think you set it up the expectations. Like I had people that, they wanted to price it higher I talked about before, and we're just trying to manage it, like talking and be like, you wanted this price, this is what's netted us one showing this week. Yeah. In this market where there's seven to eight houses for sale from 100 to $200,000 and we've had one showing. In, in this market, why is my house sitting? Um, The price is too high. Yeah. And And luckily, so the best thing, which is a key note, is I started doing the weekly updates with all the information, number showings, the views, the number of favorites and saves. And it goes back to what I talked about last week. There's absolutely no fucking correlation between I have over 100 saves on realtor.com and Zillow. I have two favorites on the MLS. You know, the, the correlation there is that yeah, people might save it just as a general view to save it, say, Hey, but I only at two to have this. an agent, but it does not mean anything because there's only two people on the actual MLS that people actually search with an agent for that have favored it. So it tells me two things. One, that stuff doesn't mean anything. You get a lot of people to view it. The second thing is the real buyers aren't that interested at that price point. No. And just, I mean, <laughs> because they've yeah. become educated because they're working with a real estate
1: agent that their agent has told them hey this is a little too high so they're not they're not out or favoriting that gonna, house
0: yeah or they're not even coming for a showing so it's like it's hard because everyone they talk to says oh it, it will sell so fast it will sell so fast and i can't stand those little voices in the buyers and sellers ears because they don't know the situation they just think everything is going they have a general view of the entire um market the specific market in this neighborhood like the other houses have sold because they had a full basement This well they,
1: they say betty down the street sold her house in in 24 hours and it says yeah well betty was priced five thousand dollars lower than you and has brand new flooring throughout the whole house
0: yeah or it's a twice the size house or it's
1: twice the size there's yeah. a reason betty because she was realistic
0: i on could her sell price. your house in two days too if you let me price at a hundred thousand yeah we'll get it sold
1: that, if your home is sitting right now it, right. unfortunately it's because of price or condition so
0: well there's that's only not even one. now that's almost always it's always price and condition what's the no amount of the market
1: i don't know who taught me this script um i don't know if it's like a, a major agent or an agent that we know around here but three things that sell your house price condition location yeah unfortunately we can't put your house on a truck and move it down the street <laughs> right so now it comes down to price or condition price or price or condition so yeah. we can either decrease the price and keep the condition the same or we can increase the condition better the condition and keep the price the same
0: so what okay what what would you do price or condition, what would you change?
1: Well, it depends if they don't have the money.
0: It, I, I would always
1: say, do the, if con- it's,
0: say it's been listed for four weeks. What would you do? It's been
1: listed for four weeks. Um, it, it, it's so different because it depends on the person's motivation, right? My motivation is to sell it quick. So I want to ask them to drop the price as a, yeah. re- just be blunt. I, my, I, as a real estate agent, yeah. I want to sell your house quick, but if mo, if you're not so motivated to sell it, I'm going to tell you, why don't we take the wholesale of the market for 30 days, put $1,500 into paint, flooring, whatever it is, and then okay. we
0: can increase the price by $5,000. I'm glad you said take it. So when people say that, I almost always say price, lower it, lower it. Because by the time you do the updates, and you finish, it's, it's a lot more stress and headache to do it, to make an extra five grand. And five grand is a lot of money, don't let me, but if you, I'm glad and, and you that, said take it off the market because if you just changed it, left it on the market, it doesn't. It doesn't, it, you, you miss all those buyers again. Yeah, you have to be. I think the, it's still hard to pull them back in, though.
1: It, it's really hard to pull buyers back in. It's right if you have a house that goes pending in a couple days. That's what's so stressful about this market that you can have five offers and, in the first day. And if that one offer falls through, you're swimming upstream to
0: get other offers. And I it's ain't like doing Wait a second, it I right have, now.
1: I had five offers that first day. Where, where are all these buyers now? They're gone. They're gone. It's
0: great. It's I, so have crazy. On my hard right now. 40 some showings. I had two offers one was a great offer we took it in the first two days and then now we're left empty handed no inspection report because i'm pretty sure they didn't even do it and they're trying to get their earnest money back um all the other buyers and stuff aren't there what are you supposed to do it's so stressful and the seller's like what what's going on what's going on i was like and their
1: only thing is do we need a new agent now because this agent <laughs> gave up and that's i mean that's right. the emotions that we're playing on to because as 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 a client, I'm seeing, wait a second, Ben got me five offers that first day and now he can't get me one. He When when
0: times get tough, he's not good. That's what they think. That, that, <laughs> they might be thinking that. You're that right. is what they, that, that That's is the what, relationship side of it too. If you maintain that and they know like well, one guy, he's an investor I work with and I told him the feedback mostly from everybody's been the backyard. It's a really steep backyard hill with a, f- a small flat yard. So I'm like, we can't change that. And I told you that when you listed it, that's going to be our argument that people, majority of people, they like the house. Some said workmanship. We've had that conversation, but it's the backyard. Like you mentioned, you can't change the location. So what do you do? You can't improve the backyard. Like you could cut out some of the hill, but then you're paying all that money to build it up. And you're not going to get any more value for the house. You're right. It doesn't do anything. Right. So what do you do?
1: Yeah. What people like when people make, um, people make personalized updates to the house is one thing that it's always a tough conversation. Right? So (laughs) I'm trying to think of an example, but so say, say somebody levels out the backyard. Okay. Right. Like you you use that example and they say, well, I spent $10,000 to level the backyard. And I say, I get that, but the buyers didn't see it before it had the hill when it had the hill. So that doesn't mean anything to them. It doesn't. And I, (laughs) they, they've always seen the backyard as flat. They've never seen the improvement that you
0: made. So it doesn't matter to them. So It's all about perception too. I like I won an appointment today, or not yesterday, and the person's like, Yeah, we got we have a new roof. Um, new this, new that. And I'm looking at that roof, I'm like, it's a single tab. It ain't that new. So I was like, Well, when was it done? Oh, it was 10 years ago. I'm like, what, buddy? That's not a new roof. Uh on a single tab, that's half, that's half its lifetime. And she's a sweet, she's like, We got new carpet too. I'm like, and it's like green, you know. I'm like, well, how new? She's like, Oh, about eight years ago. I was like, oh no! So, part of it's keen into which it's really about listening. Go back to what you said about being a therapist, counselor. Like, what what's their conversation of new? What's new to them, and what's new to a buyer? And you slowly got start start dropping hints. Like, yeah, bri- buyers would probably want to come in and redo this. I mean, the cabinets are good shape; they might paint them. She's like, oh yeah, those were new. This flooring's new. It's like old vinyl. I'm like, oh, yeah, no. So it, her, her p- definition of new is they did it, and it's still new because but she's they expecting did
1: it. you to put new in the listing. No, she was just describing it as new. So let me yeah. let me ask you this, um, and I just want your actual opinion. You've got you walk into a house listing appointment. Uh-huh. House is outdated, roof is bad, furnaces not bad, but ten years old. Ten years old. Yeah, furnaces is what somebody would say old. Okay. They say I've got ten thousand dollars to spend in this house. Fix it up. Where are you telling them to put the money? Cosmetics Cosmetic. or mechanics? Cosmetic Absolutely. All the way you can have a brand new roof brand new furnace and ac and if the inside looks like a butthole <laughs> nobody's gonna buy it but you could have a gorgeous inside and a terrible roof furnace and it, ac and, and that's not
0: and that's the crazy you that's and I, the would crazy buy thing separate. I would buy that i would i would rather have the house with the new roof the new ac and the new furnace i'm like that's thirty, forty five thousand dollars. that i don't have to worry about and inside i the, can paint it's that's 10 the grand.
1: HGTV that we I deal know. with because our the older I clients it. i work with Always say, "Well, I had no problem doing all the work," and I said, "I understand that." Yep. But the generation now Boy. wants everything done, they don't and really they don't—they do don't factor in the fact that hold on, this roof is going to cost me ten thousand dollars. The furnace is going to cost me ten thousand mm-hmm. dollars. To do cosmetic work to your inside, five thousand dollars—you got a brand new house on the
0: inside. And if you want to do it yourself, it's yeah, a, a quarter of that, if that, paying for paint and some brushes and stuff. you could anyone can paint. Yeah, it's just how fast and do you want it done exactly right you know what i mean
1: and as an agent i feel better selling those houses to our clients the houses that need work because i in this market in this market when they call me in five years i can sell it i don't know when somebody buys at the you know the nicest house in the neighborhood for the most expensive what's that conversation going to be like when they call and tell me that they want to sell in 10 years it's not
0: even 10 years it's for me i hate seeing it when um, they call us like hey the furnace went out or hey the ac went out and it's dude it guarantees no fail a week or two after they buy it and I feel like a piece of shit because I feel like I sold a bad house now they're always like oh it's not your fault but I'm just like part of me feels like it's my fault even though it's on their inspection report yeah. they know they know it's old we still have a home warranty but you know maybe it doesn't cover all whatever it is I'm just like man I'm like hey I'm, I'm really sorry they're like oh it's not your fault it is what I'm like I know but like I've overemphasized this is going to get replaced and like Probably five years. I'm not an expert, so I gotta be careful. About all that stupid video exactly, stuff. But like you, you ever emphasize like, hey, this is nice on the inside, but the other one has all the big updates. And then like sellers tell us that too. It, I tell them like it's it's almost it doesn't sell it for more. It's just like an added foundation of why someone would want to buy the house. Yeah. It's just like, hey, this is all newer stuff. You don't even have to worry about it. Oh, that's great. Yeah, we'll buy it for 150. Whereas that granite counters and brand new cabinets and floor and paint, they'd go the 160 for it. Yeah. I personally don't understand that mindset because me and you, we both like to do our own work for the most part on our houses because we understand the value Um, and I just like do this stuff, but we understand that, but most people don't and it kills me because I'm like, you guys could put money into this and actually get money back. We're we're
1: looking at two houses and (laughs) one house costs a hundred thousand dollars, but could sell for 150 if they just put 10 in and then they're buying a house for 160 because it's finished. It's worth 150 and it's worth 150. I'm like,
0: and it has an old AC and stuff. I
1: get, that, I get that you like the pretty, but if you call me in five years to sell this, I, I'm going to have to tell you, hey, it wasn't the best investment you made. And as yeah. long as you have that conversation, and I tell them, hey, I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I mm-hmm. hope you make a ton
0: of money on this. But... When you weigh in the fees and the cost of everything and all this stuff you and put in. people say, it. well, this is
1: our forever home. And I say, I understand you think that now. Five, seven years. But once you have one more kid... Right. This is no longer your forever home because you got three
0: bedrooms. Because the four bedroom needed updates. I would only believe it's the forever home if it's an older couple and their kids are out. And they're buying a the ranch from I a think two story. Some, yeah, that's about it. That's or the only hard, time I believe they, that forever Or they home. bought thirty five acres and built a ten thousand square foot house, and even that might not be. <laughs> I know. Um. Well, we definitely want to hit up goals. I'm going to completely stop the conversation and do a horrible transition because take a business route goals identifying goals moving there last week we talked about you're hiring people you're moving towards it one thing I think I should have asked or we should have covered, is why are you doing that what's your purpose for doing that and then where are you trying to take that
1: it's a good question um, um yeah that is a good question because it's, it's good deep right I uh, y-
0: because, well, yeah, right. no, I'm trying to <laughs> Let I'm trying me cover to, for you why you think. Yeah. So, because people, so in real estate, it's very, very about 90% common. People are like, I'm going to real estate. I'm going to hire some buyer's agents. Yep. They're going to join my team for no other reason than join my team. I'm going to make them make calls on their own, do all this stuff on their own. I'm going to build this big team for what? Usually it's their own pride and stuff. That's exactly But there's no real direction, determination.
1: A lot of it is a lot of Seems it is checking the ranking reports to see that they're in the top five. Yes, in volume, not in money. Volume units, whatever. And, and Trent and I have said before, like every agent wants to be the number one agent in the area. I mean, that's I would hope. Maybe I don't think so, but yeah, I, I would. I,
0: I have a tough time thinking that people don't want to be the best. Um, I, that's where we agree because I think maybe a hundred agents in this market reasonably think like hey, let's go for number one. Like, what can I do to get there? Yeah. Whereas the other agents are like, but, I'm good doing a million or two in volume and that's it. Yeah, I guess you're right. You don't but have the motivation or the drive or determination. I think a lot of
1: people, and this is not to say all, all people, because there are a number of top performing agents who are not vain. But I think yeah. a, a lot of it is to say, I sold 25 million because, I'll, I'll tell you from my standpoint, right? I When mm-hmm. I first started, I wanted to be the number one agent because I wanted people to think, wow, Ben turned out to be a success. I mean, that's to be to be truthful, right? I didn't care how much money I made. Yeah, because you know, the money comes with it, but you wanted the title. I wanted the title. I wanted people to be like, wow, Ben is a success. That's so I think that's what a lot of people have. Mm -hmm. Um, You just turned my microphone off, or did you turn my headset off? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I turned down, turned off the wrong one. Okay, so um, but I think I think now it's turned into more of, okay, I want to I, I, I want to be able to provide for my family. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to build a generational wealth, and it's not all going to come from real estate sales, right? It, a lot of it will come from investments, but I, I want to build a life for my family, but I also want to be able to provide a good life for others. So when I wrote out our goals for bringing on these buyer's agents, the conversation was, okay, what's y- your goal? income wise so you wrote that with your buyers agent.
0: i wrote that with the buyers agent. did agents. you do the career visioning or just kind of did a general thing was just it? did
1: a general okay. thing i've not taken career visioning yep um but i wanted to know it, it does mean no good to bring these buyers agents on and say hey this is your goal because that's be their goal it, yeah i could say hey i want to make i want you to make one hundred fifty thousand dollars next year and they're like i'm good making
0: 60. i don't want to work 80 hours a i week.
1: don't want to work 80 hours a week so we sat down figured out what their goal was and kind of worked backwards um I, I I want to grow something where I am able to provide a good life for other people as well and their families. Okay. Um, if that puts us at the number one agent in on the board, awesome. But
0: if everybody on our team eats and their families eat, that's all I care about. So that that's minimal mindset. I don't think that's why you want you. You're striving to go for the number one. I think we're both on the same. Okay. Well then uh, it, let me hang out. I think we're both like, Hey, we want to get to number one. That'd be awesome. If we don't, it's not, soul crushing. We're not willing to, you know, not have a family anymore. We're not willing to not make any money to get there. It's a goal we want to make, but we also have other sub okay, parameters so, we got to hit. So what,
1: what is your push ultimately to my, get there besides putting. So then if we go to a personal level, uh, yeah. not settling, right. I could, bam, see, I could do, yeah, I could do yeah. what I do right now very easily for the next 25 years. I mean, it, it The what
0: we're doing. What What I've noticed from year two, going my third year, I'm getting referrals now. You're getting repeat. I am not putting. I am
1: not putting more work this year than I did last year, and we've doubled our sales. Okay. Just to be so, and I know I've got more in the tank. So it's that constant doesn't
0: mean he's not trying. It's just it's it's, not as many calls. The cold leads, it's warm leads or referrals coming in, repeat clients, things like that. Not not just sitting on his ass.
1: I don't have to make one hundred fifty phone calls for one appointment because I've got the scripts down. So the numbers have now seventy five calls for an appointment. Um, But it's that constant pursuit of growth and not being stationary. Because I think if I stop trying to grow, I, I would lose my mind. Okay. So that's I think what it is. Like where um like for I, I like the bodybuilders, like the way their brains work because mm-hmm. you look at these guys and not And Ben likes <laughs> a stereo. I love looking at dudes sweaty, tanned up. <laughs> I love looking at blue, shirtless. Up, but muscular no, but dudes, muscular dudes. Think about it this way. <laughs> you've got these guys, and I'm not and maybe even the massive bodybuilders, but you got these guys by all accounts, guys would look at them and say, Man, I wish I had that body. But right. They sit there and look and say, "Okay, well, what can I tweak? What can I make better? What can I make stronger?" You look at LeBron James. How is LeBron James still getting better? Right? Because he's arguable. <laughs> okay. Well, you look at these professional athletes yeah. and they look at these min- these minuscule yeah. things in their game and they're like, "I can improve that." Mm-hmm. Well, real estate's our basketball, right? So we look at our. I hope this analogy makes sense and I'm not talking I'm, I'm, ass, I'm tracking I'm tracking. but we look at our business and we look at our life and say okay what's that minuscule thing that I can get better on because I'm on that pursuit no we're never going to be perfect but I want to get right. I want to pursue
0: that relentlessly okay so that's me what about you? Uh, we touch a lot of the a lot of the same things for me yes making the money I mean, I'm probably. I figured. I was thinking about that today. I probably met work sixty to eighty hours a week. Yeah, easy. So you know, people get in real estate for money and freedom, right? Job. They like the job. They want the freedom because they think they can do anything. The freedom's easy. The money's hard. Yeah. So the money is hard. It takes time, patience, time. Sometimes it takes longer. Sometimes it doesn't. That's. I and I hold myself to standards of other people, like the Logan Group. I was going over their numbers. Fucking bonkers. They went from fifty. Four buyers agents that first year, like man, they jumped, and then they went to one seventeen. They're going up to three thousand units. So,
1: do you remember the conversation we had with them where uh Lance, yeah, so, wa- Lance's wife? Her conversation wasn't when they set their goals. It wasn't oh. our goal is <laughs> it, w- it one hundred seventeen million. It. it says we're doing one hundred seventeen million this year. And so, how do we get there? They just backblant, and that to me was like Bulls that mindset hard. of like to, if
0: they they, would, they had here is the thing. I don't, she never said it. And I didn't really think about it till like this second. There was no fear. It wasn't like, "What if I don't do it?" They're like we're going to do it. So what's it take? More agents, more money, more marketing, more investment. They basically did it. They actually well exceeded they the will goal. They well exceeded it because they just did it. They did the work. They didn't overthink it. They didn't do it. And it was from day one. Mm-hmm. This is what we're doing. They have their plan all the way out to twenty thirty two about where their business is Are coming they seriously? from. seriously. Mm-hmm. I got it on my computer. I was looking at. It, I'm like, I was like, and I, I think it's mindset growth. I mean, we're way off where I was going, but. mindset growth they have is like this is what we're going to do like they think they failed um last year because i was listening i'm on i took their listening domination class or whatever they failed their goal last year and he was like you could tell he's bothered by it but it's so fucking funny he got back into production because of it yeah he's like let's do this but here's the thing he was out of production so long and they had Kristen nugent who's like their lead listing agent specialist um and she knew more than logan lancet is hilarious she was constantly putting him in, in his place but I don't mean that disrespectful because that's her area. So Lance ran like a huge oil company in Texas or something like he was one of the top people. So he's very good at what seems like the top end, like running a business. And we go back to like goal oriented, like I want bills as a business. And what you mentioned, yeah, we could sit at 5 million a year or actually maybe a little less. And I I told my wife, I told other people this real estate was a lot more fun (laughs) when I I wasn't as ambitious, didn't know what I didn't know. The less I knew, the more I thought I knew. And we talked about the more I know now, the less I know. Mm -hmm. It's very frustrating because you think like, hey, I'm going three years in, I'm doubling my numbers. I got to know more. And I feel like I know less about the market. Like more, I try to make it understandable. Maybe COVID doesn't help the less I feel like I know about it. Sometimes I'm like, what the hell is going on?
1: Are you saying because there's so much information thrown at you and you've had so many experiences? like how I think, do I interpret yeah. that? Maybe like,
0: I'm getting too much. Like I think sometimes you, I, I think people think real estate is easy when they first get in because it's very general and, you, and you're you never wrong, right? You can be like watch millionaire real estate agent or listings or whatever and be like, that's probably a 2 million house. So it's 3 million. Okay. That's not bad. I'm only half a million off and I don't even know it you come dating like that won't price sell fast for at 150 look it was sold for 150 i should be an agent but you get into it you do the comps you're looking really detailed um and you're really realizing what it should sell for not saying the 150 was the wrong price but maybe it's actually 140 house but because of the current market covid and everything going on and the low interest rates it's going for 150 so you might be right at 140 but the general guy walking down the street says 150 and it sells and he thinks he knows it so i feel like the more because I know, we the don't less. set the market the agents don't set the market. Buyers do. The buyers appraisers do. Appraisers don't set them. That's the frustrating thing too is the like. The appraisers try to control it. Yeah. They, they control it for the banks. And this be real. Banks will be like, hey, you need to lock in your appraiser, your appraisal reports. Otherwise, we're not going to use you anymore. So the guy's like, okay. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to go on the very conservative end. You can get you, three I, appraisers at three different prices over two to 10% difference. I, I told yeah.
1: you the conversation that I had with an appraisal appraiser. Mm-hmm. Um, because he had, same bank, same appraiser, had shorted me drastically twice. Okay. To which I had a conversation, has blankety, blankety, blank bank told you told you to put something to, to slow the roll on these? And I didn't get an answer. I didn't get a yes, I didn't get a no. So I just, you got your answer. I got
0: my answer. Right. It,
1: and that, that's it, so frustrating. Now I'm just, now I'm
0: venting. Let's get back to goals. No, Circle no, no, you're goals. fine. So, I mean, I kind of think all of it. One thing I think I've, I'm failing right now. My business is I'm doing the opposite. Of what most people do. Most people work in their business. I'm working on my business. I,
1: I've noticed and, that
0: and I'm not I, I, maybe I'm not wrong. So let's talk. Let's maybe I'm not wrong. So I'll get to why and the goals define and why it's what going you there. mean by that So working somebody in the business is doing the prospecting doing the appointments getting in there and all that stuff. I've actually <laughs> me and Ben better supposed to hold each other accountable for prospecting and calls. We've been very very lax on that. By I lax, said, I mean we did it once or twice twice in the last two or three weeks.
1: Next week we're gonna do it. Okay,
0: that's fine with me. But um, I got my coach doing it with me. But so I'm working on like, hey, how can okay? I'm looking at business mindset, my marketing side. I'm actually probably going. I might potentially make less money this year than I did last year, but do more. But it, it's for growth though. The reason I'm doing it's towards growth. All right, I'm lining up potential buyers agents. And they're not coming on for two or three months. I'm getting an ISA that's gonna make phone calls for me because I I'm not doing it right now. I'm focused on growing, like actually building a business and that's where it gets really complicated. And, but it pushes me towards my goals because I know I have to do this now and starting right before the fourth quarter, because we all know it takes a quarter to get your quarter next quarter going. So
1: you're in your rebuilding year because you have, you have to, you, you are at the point where you have to take a step back and be like, holy shit. If I keep going, I'm never going to be able to build the systems and models. So right now you're building the systems and models. So next year, you can explode. And I guarantee that happens.
0: And that's what I'm trying to do. I'm willing to sacrifice the money and time now because I got kid coming in September. I talk to my coach. I'm like, I don't I mean, I'm working quite a bit hours. I mentioned a little bit about money and time. It's just like right now I'm making good money. Like your most profitable time is when you're basically an individual agent with an admin. Maybe that's where you really maximize it. But once you hire hire people, you're paying for them. And you got to find a reason to keep them, which we talked about before a little bit, which we'll get into now. Most profitable
1: again i want to clarify most profitable meaning you have the less least amount of expenses so your, your money cost, in pocket straight yeah, yeah. your cost straight of sale ahead. is 15 percent right now right when you hire people it could be 50%, 50 60 70 but you are yeah. making more money it's not that you're making more money it's, when you hire people it's that if your you can see my hands
0: it's like a chart going up from the bottom left to the top right corner yeah so your growth and your expenses align but you never want your expenses to cross over the. Growth, yes. Now, your your percentage of like I was 61% profitable a lot these last three quarters or whatever, half the way through the year, which is great, exceeds awesome. MREA, it's 40%. And I refuse to, I, I told my coach, I refuse to be at 40% profitability. I'm gonna go for 50 I better I'd never fall below 50. I want 70%, which is like unheard of, but I'm very tight in my budget. I'm like, where's the money going? What's the return on it? Because I don't want to make. I don't want to do ten million. And I don't only make like fifty thousand more than I made last year. I don't like What's that forty
1: percent profitability model. I, I, I really don't. And I am pushing it. hard against it. I get it, I but I don't I don't that. love it. You've pushed hard against that since you were a brand new agent. I remember because I'm very you're sitting in that office and you yes. were like working on your first deal and you're like I don't agree with this. Like how does this make sense? What do you mean? Like the how I don't
0: understand where my expenses are supposed to be sixty dollars per cost of sale. Oh yeah, it doesn't make sense. And they, they do the general thing, right? So the more leads you can create yourself, the cheaper your cost per sale is. Yes. The more you pay for leads, the higher cost per sale. And eventually you're going to have to pay for leads. You pay for leads, but you got to find the leads that are like, what's worth it? Where are they at? What's the price range, right? Yeah.
1: Nobody, no top agent isn't paying for leads. No top agent is sitting there cold calling by themselves. I I know if you, you, okay. Tell me how, how, tell me how they're getting business. Um,
0: phone. Okay. They make all the calls. No, they have people on their team
1: and they, they so pay. They're, they're
0: not, yeah, but they're not paying for lease. So, but they're th- paying
1: them for lease. Now you
0: got to think of two different ways. No. Yeah. You're, you're paying an employee. Okay. Okay. You do. i pay pay an employee, employee though, for what you, you pay an employee, work at a store at the front desk. They talk to people about clothes. They help you sell clothes. You pay them hourly wage. Are you paying for that person? Are you saying that's a salesperson? No, that's an employee. You have employees who make phone calls to get your leads or you're making calls yourself,
1: but that is considered
0: a cost of sale for that lead. No, it is not. If you look at, if you look at the margin cost for sale, if you look at how it's broken down, uh, you don't think that for,
1: you don't think paying an ISA nobody. is paying for leads.
0: No, that's an employee making phone calls for you. They're getting helping you generate leads. Paying for leads is Zillow. Paying for leads is, um, radio, uh, online leads, Facebook ads, stuff like that's paying for leads paying an employee like an admin and admins. Uh, my admin creates leads for me all the time. Her goal is at least two leads a month. That's I'm not paying for ads. I mean, yes, you could look at it that way. But if you're looking at how you break down your PL statement based off the MREA, which you guys are burning tired of me here saying that um, it's not a cost of sale. Cost of sale is referrals and um, splits, whatever. Okay. So we're getting nitty gritty, yes, but yes. I don't consider that. I consider that an employee who you're paying just like any other business. Okay. You're not paying for the lead. Paying for lead would be like, I paid five dollars for Ben Bolton to register on my website or something like that. Okay. A Google pay-per-click. That would be a paid paid lead. So this guy out in Springfield, Missouri, does 175, Daniel Owen or whatever. Um, he said he's I asked him, I was like, What do you do for lead? What do you pay? He's like, I he's like, I never paid for a lead. He's like, I just got on the phone and called. I'm like, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. So um, Getting back to the time and money, like there's time in real estate, but it's more about the flexibility what you can do with your time. It's more of if I got to take my kid to the doctor at one o'clock, I can go take the kid to the doctor without asking for permission, which I fucking hate that. That's why I don't work a nine to five. I don't want to ask yeah. permission to do stuff I want to do as long as I put in the hours. So you get that, but I'm also working sixty eight hours a week. There's not almost a day in my entire, there's not an hour in my entire day I don't think about my business or some aspect of it. Yeah. So if, if you I'll, want, you want your weekends. Real, Real estate's not the business for you. And last, it's not. It's you may last not, three Sundays, four to f- over five hours a day working, doing open houses and, and stuff. And it's
1: not even, it's not even the in person, right? Like it, it, I could not, I, I didn't have a meeting on Saturday or Sunday. Well, I, that's like, I But if I don't have a meeting on Saturday or Sunday, guess what? I'm still working.
0: You're doing something because
1: my clients aren't working, right? So they're calling me on Saturday and Sunday,
0: or you're just following up with emails and business stuff which you
1: cannot you cannot sit for two days right in this business unless you're on vacation you've pre-planned it you've told everybody hey i'm going on
0: vacation this week even then i want to do it even then so part of our goal we both talk about how we want to be number one um so i've i'm focused more on on my business which i'm not saying i'm right i'm probably wrong more so on that but i can't stop it like i'm always thinking about how to grow and move and forward i always want to be the best we talk about goals you know i have a goal of like 110 units 16 and a half million for next year. I know I got to start implementing. Yep. I got to implement work on that now. It doesn't put me number one, but it puts me up there towards the top 20, Mm -hmm. which is phenomenal, but I'm not happy with that. Right? Well, I shouldn't say not happy. It's, you're just like satisfied. That's awesome. And I'll be like stoked for it. (laughs) But so I just bought my new truck and my friend was like, and it cost me $60,000, but he's like, you're the most sick flex. He's like, he's the, what do you say? you're the most unexcited person I ever met for spending $60,000. I was like it wasn't $60,000. That's yeah. why I, like. I was like, I don't get it super attached to it because it's not buying the truck that makes me happy and I'm done. Like if that's your goal, you're you're going to burn out. Yes, Um, it's more just working like like you kind of mentioned it. It's the best time it is being to- the best per like I literally just want to be the best real stage and best team I possibly can be. And If I do that, it should put me at number one. Yeah.
1: If things are your motivation. You'll be there for a little bit. You'll get there, but the best time to kill an alligator is after it eats. Somebody will pass you up real quick.
0: That makes sense. That's a good one. So I I, I heard the story. out. I don't want to butcher it, but this guy was mentioning he's doing a speech for a second time in a row at this conference. And he kind of broke from his conversation and he went and kind of talked about his experience. He's like, you know, the first time I came here, I was an undersecretary, whatever that was. He got business class flight, got picked up with a chauffeur, got taken to a really nice hotel, Um, when he went down in the morning, chauffeur picked him up, took him to the conference where he's speaking, he had a ceramic mug of coffee, right? And while he's doing the second speech, he's looking at a styrofoam cup. So that next year he got invited to this speech. He rode coach. Um, he went to a lesser hotel, took his own cab there, took the cab from the hotel to the conference. And we asked for a coffee, coffee. They pointed to a thermos with styrofoam. The only difference is he wasn't an undersecretary anymore. He was done with that job. So he's like, your privileges are only held to that title, right? So you could be the number one real estate agent in Dayton. But if you only maintain that for one year, no one gives a shit about you in the next year. Like you're nothing. Yeah, congratulations, you did it for one year. If your goal is to be the number one agent just just to have that title, you're only going to have that for the amount of time you have it. Now, if your goal is to provide good service and have a great business that can create passive income and you can expand and go to other markets or it just gives you opportunity to have more time because you hired people to give you the more time you're making money you want, you will be satisfied and have a good life. But if you're going for the number one or number one agent, just for the title, the minute you lose that, the minute you lose your perks, your excitement, your your enjoyment. So I don't think you should tie it to one tangible thing. It has to be like something you can actually grow with and you can't grow by being a number one agent Dayton because you'll only be the number one agent Dayton. You can't go anywhere from there. Where else do you go? You know what I mean? You're not going to be number one in the nation. No so one,
1: no one in Columbus cares about you being the number one agent in Dayton.
0: Everyone's a Styrofoam cup, basically, yeah. and you'll never get away from that. Your title will change, which makes you better, but only when you hold that title. So, like, if you're a number one agent for one for ten years and you eventually fall off of that, some people hang on to that and they fall apart. Like they, like. But it's I, don't, want, I don't, I don't want to be,
1: a, I don't want to be dead and be like, wow, he was the number one agent in Dayton, Ohio, in 1995. In 1995, I want people to be like, wow, he was an incredible right. person.
0: It's like the old. I always make fun of my friend. Um, I'm like, you're going to be that guy sitting at the local bar with your old varsity jacket on, right? Hanging on to like when you are a state champion in football or cross, whatever, like the state champion. Congratulate. you fucking ladies. You're going to be the dude. alcoholic hanging on to that story, right? And I just, I, I thought about that and I met with one of my clients. We terminated their listing because it was just a stressful situation, freaked out. We're going to get listed. And one agent we talked about before that's been in for 20 years, still door, doorknob going up to people's doors. Now, you can look at it two ways. One, He's still hustling, getting after it, but we kind of know that's not it. Yeah. He it's just, a referral-based business, and you
1: stopped getting referrals after 20 years.
0: Because of what he did. And my client's like, is kind of creepy and just kind of weird. Because I was like, I forgot to tell him, like, hey, when we terminate this, you're going to get a lot of phone calls. And honestly, you only got 20 phone calls a couple of repeats. They
1: got 20 phone calls? That's it. That's a lot.
0: For terminated? Yeah. In one day? Uh, no, throughout, like, the two weeks or so. Okay. They, they stopped calling, and he showed up, I was just like, I like the work but i also don't want to be the guy he who's been up, doing he, it for 20 years and showing up at people's door with attorney listing he with, door knocked that house oh yeah he showed up
1: in his uh in his jag
0: probably and i just i don't want to be that guy i don't like i don't want to be that guy yes i have no problem i'm not saying i'm better than door knocking or making make cool calls i just no, no I one's know i know why than he's doing better than door knocking because he doesn't have referrals yeah he calls his own expired listings and doesn't know it
1: oh my god how many times have i got so that? you're never gonna believe this he listed my house and he called me about it when he told me that i would never forget that oh you i was the one who told you that yeah yeah it's happened they so like he's done it twice and i hope he doesn't listen i doubt he's a, i doubt he's a listener
0: he's too busy reading his own book <laughs> <laughs> that's a beautiful picture yes it is um so anyways i mean the goal is just to be the best like i'll strive to be number one be but maybe best. someone Maybe someone comes in, but yeah, the one thing is like, you got to stop comparing yourself to others, which I still have a hard time doing that because I'm like, man, I want to do better than Ben today, which is competitive, I guess. Somebody told um,
1: me, um, somebody told me, and probably somebody told him, uh, and I
0: love this quote, comparison is the thief of joy. Right. And, and it is, it, it takes a while, I think, to get there sometimes. When you see other people, and I get it like on, on social media or Facebook business people like other people you're like man this person must be selling a lot You look up the numbers because you're like oh no you get a little nose you're like oh they are not selling that much so it's like stop comparing yourself as long as like i'm maxing out like going back to the goals get there i know i gotta make a ton of phone calls and i can't do it all i cannot do it i can't do 110 units on my own if i do can i tell you it's gonna be horrible
1: something that's really hard um this is just me venting this is a a better than you this is a therapy session right we're both um Relatively new in the business, I would say we're very new in the business. Going on three, and You're we're both. Five. I've been selling for three years, but okay. I've got my yeah. license for five. Um And we're both we're both young. And everybody that we compare ourselves to in this business has been doing it for twenty years. I know is twenty years older than us, and it's so hard. And I tell Taylor this all the time. I said I'm twenty six years old, and I all have right. to compare myself to fifty year old, you know, people with four kids who've been doing it for 20 years and have it all figured out. And she's like, you got to stop comparing yourself because at one point they probably weren't selling real estate when they were 26 years old. I, It's so, it, it, that is one thing I struggle with because it's, you know, they surround yourself with like-minded people, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Well, the people that are like-minded with us right, have been doing
0: it for 20 plus years. And you know what? I would I would argue that a little bit. And I'm I'm constantly like at war with myself. So I'm always a devil's advocate. My wife thinks I only do it to her. Like, I always question like, well, wait, what the person did it because of this, or maybe that happened because of this. Like I'm always thinking like the other side, which is pros and cons for everything. But I'm always like fighting with myself. I'm like, hey, I want to do one ten next year and this and this. I'm like, wait, well, whoa, whoa, am I growing too fat? I'm always having that that weight like that, the justice lady, the two scales, like can you grow too fast in real estate or can you not like you know businesses ventures like hey they grew too fast and they lost it but we're not we're selling a product but it's not our product we're creating and manufacturing so i'm like can you grow too fast if you don't have the models and system so i'm always weighing that like am i growing too fast am i moving too quick i kind of brought that question up because you're kind of moving quick but i spoke to another person and i was like you know he only hired one person a year that was a strategy one a year yeah. i'm like that's great because you're slow you can really take it but i'm like
1: but is that maybe you don't have to do that? That's I mean,
0: micromanaging. Is he doing that because no, he no, he just. He, from my understanding, when I was had my meeting with him. He's like, I only hired one person a year, so he can make sure he got the right person, train them, it worked out, and they can move on. So that might be a little more cautious and a little more slow. But that's how he want to do it. And my problem is like, I'll hear one person is super successful, and I'll take that strategy. But like, yeah, I'll do that, but I I forget to stop and be like, okay. This is what I kind of want to do differently because it's not saying one person's right, one person's wrong. It's like he did this good, so I'm going to pick that. Like Ben Kenny, at 24 units, he hired a buyer's agent. So at 24 units, he hired yes, a buyer's if agent. I, if I remember, I got the video, but the thing is about 24 units. He's like, he had his admin already. He's like, I'm getting a buyer's agent, so he hired. He broke model a little bit without the transaction coordinator. but the transaction coordinator next year they did 100 units. Yeah. So he, it works well. You don't have to do it one way. It's what you can handle, what you're up. So I'm constantly weighing the option. I'm like. Am I moving too quick? Or am I not moving fast enough? How do I get to that? How do I? And you can only do that by tracking numbers. Like I'm really bad at my calls. You're great at your calls, tracking them. But I'm pretty good at my units where I'm at. I can do that stuff really good. I don't care about the call. So I'm like, I get someone to make the calls for me, and I say, and I'll still make calls. But if I can give them a set of appointments, and I'm only going on appointments, I'm doing what I like to do. Appointments, close the deal, pull the report, get it going. Next person. And if I get that buyer's agent who are going to be a few months out anyway, so it's not like they're coming in right away. I got the listings, I can do the open houses, I can set them up with the leads and the admin role, which is getting a lot better because she's starting to act like my mom. Like <laughs> I that's said, good. I was like, Hey, I gotta write this deal. She's like, and then 15 you minute, her out 15, of 15 minutes later, she was like, Hey, did you write the deal yet? I was like, shit, no, but I'm about to pay you a bonus because you just did what I need you to yeah. do. I need you to like make sure I stay on track. And that's what she did. So I think I'm getting there, but it's like it's constantly in the goal. It's like is it too big of a goal or is a goal n- never big enough as long as you have the right people in place? That's tough. There's not a right or wrong answer. There's I really think.
1: not. I, I would rather have control. I would rather have chaos at 25 million than be organized. At, you say I, that. Well, you to yeah,
0: You. It, but it's like, no, I don't want chaos. I don't want chaos. Chaos will happen. Chaos is always going to happen. But how can you mitigate the you problems befo- in the chaos? You hire before the chaos comes. You hire before you need it. Yeah. So that's where I think I'm kind of at. I'm like, okay, let's Hire go before you need it. Trust I like, yourself. You're betting on yourself. I'm better. I'm when I come to my goals, I'm better at putting myself in fire. Like, you know, people are like, you gotta do this, you gotta do this. I won't do it until I don't want to say I procrastinate, but I like the pressure and that's how I really excel. How I can make like the 20 contacts a day is by the pressure. If I'm not putting pressure on myself by saying, Hey, I'm going to provide you all your leads and all you have to do is call them. If I don't do that and I know I got someone coming on, they're going to quit. Why would they stay? I Why would they say. stay? So it's like I got. I kind of have to put myself underneath the pressure. So again, devil's that advocate, that it's like I got to have big goals, but I'm like, I don't want these goals that if I if I'm not even become close to them, I crush my enthusiasm. You know what I mean? So it's like, how do you keep it in perspective? Do you adjust? And I hate adjusting goals. I do not like to change goals. Yeah. So it's like, fuck. Do it's you write your, back and forth? Yeah. Goals are a crazy thing. Do you write? Do you write them out or? I mean, I got them. I like posting them on the board there, like you can see. Yeah. The number of uh, leads I gotta get to thirty-four units. They're not all closing, but they're potentially. They, to get they there. have to
1: be in my face. I don't do well with like. Yeah. I know some people love like the goal boards and like the pictures of like beach houses and whatnot. But that's not what motivates me. That's not yeah. Thing that, that's a thing board. Um, I I have to like see it in black and white. We
0: should have brought the wine in here. We should have brought the wine in here. We got time for more wine. You want me to go get it?
1: Sure. I'll share. I'll share a couple jokes. Share them. All right. I'm going to tell you guys a story about the red ping pong ball. All right. So when I was, uh, I I was a camp kid growing up and whenever they wanted us to there, one day the camp, us, us kids were being all crazy and whatnot. So this guy counselor gets up on the stage and he says, all right, I'm going to tell you guys a joke. And so the joke starts out, you know, there's this kid and he's going into his, uh, kindergarten year and his dad pulls him aside and he says, you know, little Timmy, um, if you get straight A's, I'll get you whatever you want. I'll buy you whatever you want. And so his dad says, okay. And, um, so Timmy comes home with straight A's the first year. And he says, dad, I just want a red ping pong ball. he goes, Timmy, I'll buy you anything you want. Dad goes, I just want kid just goes, I just want a red ping pong ball just a little bit. And, uh, so the dad buys him a red ping pong ball. So this joke goes on for about 30 minutes in vivid detail. He goes through college, right? 12 years of grade school and then into college for four freshman, sophomore, junior year. Maybe even if you really want to extend it into grad school, PhD program. And every year the kid just says he wants a red ping pong ball. And again, you've got whoever you're telling this joke to, you've got them hooked on the edge of their seat and you've got them for about 15, 20 minutes. And then at the end it goes. uh, And so Timmy gets a call from his mom and says, Hey, Timmy, I just need to let you know your dad's, um, your dad's real sick and he's in the hospital and he doesn't have much time. So Timmy gets on a flight and he runs home and he is at his dad's deathbed. And His dad in his dying dying words says, Timmy, I just need to know. All those years, what was the red ping pong ball? Why, why the red ping pong ball? And Timmy goes to tell him and his dad dies. And that's a joke. So you have these people on the hook for 20 minutes and then you just end it.
0: I walked in the end of that and I'm glad I didn't hear the rest of it. Yeah.
1: So for five <laughs> minutes, um, if we could, if you, when you edit this, if you could go no, back edit, bro. five minutes, s- tell people to skip five minutes, we'll be good. So, so what are your, what are your goals? Um, and how do you map them out? Cause it's one thing, right? You, right. We both, we both say we put them up on the board. All right. Yeah. So great. We, we write our, on the board, we write our goals out. A goal, a goal without a plan is a dream. Yeah, right. is I that something, what Something
0: like that's like it, yeah. Prior whatever.
1: planning prevents poor diet performance. No,
0: nope. prior planning prevents piss poor performance. Prior five p- P's. Five. So, prior planning prevents so piss y- y- poor performance. You
1: wrote your, your goal p-s. out, who gives a shit? Where's the meat of it?
0: Right? Cuz this is just a number on a board. But where's the meat and how do you define the meat? No, the, so, let's I talk just, about that. I just break down by the book numbers. So, 110 DLs 6040 split, 66 listings and just 44 buyers right closed. <laughs> um, average 150 pushman at 16.5 um for the units. So you take that, talk figure through out, it,
1: talk through it like nobody ha- has any idea what you're talking yeah. about. So the 6040 tri-
0: split is uh 60% bu- sellers and 40% buyers, which is ideal for to keep your business steady, not too high on listing size, So if the market crashes, you're not dead with and, 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 and translated to
1: a, translated to somebody who's not right. selling real estate you have to sell you have to make a hundred closings so instead of splitting it it's just you have the hundred closings where do the hundred
0: closings come from right well they come from appointments you, you, you figure free. out how many appointments you go on and you can close and you gotta figure out your closing percent you gotta break down the numbers though if you're a 50 percent closing ratio like Every appointment you go on, you close half of them.
1: But then, how many appointments do you schedule to get right. those? So that you got to get like
0: 130, and then you got to figure out how many appointments you got to reschedule because they cancel. So, really, 66 seller like listings closed actually could turn into like 150 appointments. Yeah, so you just never know because some will get terminated, some won't sell; they just expire because the sellers are unreasonable. Which you can try and prevent that. Um, so you, you got to break down. But just without going nitty gritty, it's 66 and 44 for 110. So you're looking at 28 units a quarter which is more than most people hope to do in their lifetime. But the unit, <laughs> yeah,
1: the units to me, uh, I am where I really, what my main focus is on my goal is I-, I write out the number. Right. And then I do exactly what Trent does. I work it back, but I for a month per, per week, per a week, but I don't work. I work it down to, again, and I, calls and- I go down oh, like, to sh- the calls. So I know um, our team leader here, puts on a piece of paper every single day that my 150 calls is worth $900. So if I don't do that, not $900, uh, $95 or something like that. Mm -hmm. I forget what the number is. See, and now I'm not good because I don't have it, but I break it down to, I need, I want to sell this much, this many units. So I need to go on this many appointments, meaning I need to schedule this many appointments, meaning that I need to make this many calls well, I need to back. So I go down to the prospecting of it. So I know I need to make 85 phone calls per day at a minimum of my prospecting to get to my goal and anything plus that is gravy. But I break it down to the simplest form. I I'm a cold call business guy. So I know that I have to make 85 phone calls every single day and show up to hit my goal. Now, now you need to factor in vacation days weekends you gotta cut the weeks out you, you got to cut, cut the, the days, holidays the holidays the days that you don't do these things so you really you can't just say right, 85 like 48 calls. weeks so to to set your goals in a five minute period is ridiculous you've got
0: to spend time a, on that A couple hours to really break them down i i like to look at them more broad like i said i'm like yeah. a machine gun guy I just shoot it and I get it done so i know i need six listings a month two listings a week Pretty much, you know, it puts me at eight. But then, then how do you nine get those to 10 listings? Close, that's nine that's to 10 my argument.
1: How can you say I need two listings a week and then not? I've have said it a, before. I should
0: call. I, I'll, I'll call them. I know. I don't even know where I get them. That's I'm fair. not saying I'm right. I, I know every other. I think your tell brain you, is just different it's than just, most
1: people because I, I cannot. I right. always put two listings a month and be like, okay, where the fuck am I supposed to get those from?
0: You know where you get them. I, I know internally kind of where I, get. I just call. You. I just call. It's either going to be for sale by owners, um, or some type of prospect in that regard or referrals. I've got a decent amount of referrals. Right? So I know where that's where they're going to come from. I don't care where, I don't give a shit where they come from. I mark them in my opportunities. I put tags on them. say FISBO referral, um, lender referral, whatever they are, I'll track them at the end. I don't care where they come from. It's just kind of like, what can I get? Let me make it happen and work it.
1: But what about your buyer's agent?
0: 44 closing.
1: I'm saying, how do you, how, how are you going so, to tell him where he needs to get his business from? So we will or, get,
0: we'll get leads off Facebook ads that we run off our listings. So everything is around the listing side, how I have it broke down. I should get two prospects off each listing. So throughout the course of 2021, I should end up with 134 buyers. And here's a kicker though. Here's what's awesome part. If you break it down this way, which I think a lot of people don't. So if I have 66 six listings, I get two prospects, two buyers off each listing, right? From advertising, open houses, whatever it is, that gives me like 134 buyers. 60% of buyers are sellers. That in turn gives me 80, 80 more bu- sellers. So if everything works out, part of those 66 should come. A third of them, almost a half, should come from the listings I have that year, or they'll fall into my pipeline for next year. So I could potentially get 30 sellers for 2021 out of my own listings from buyers who came to the open house who have a house to sell that leaves me say 50 sellers for next year. And I'm almost at the number of listings I need for next year from the prospects I got before. So if you break the numbers down that way, you get the listings, you got listings for next year, to fill up the rest of your pipeline for this upcoming year, like 2021, let's say if we're in that and you got buyers. So if you work it right.
1: So then what's the, what's the one I'm excited about that by the way, I can tell what's the one thing you're going to do to guarantee that. Well, if you could it's always only, listings if you could only do one thing to your business this year, hire in 2021. ISA. That's the number one thing that you could do. For twenty higher ISA. So if if everything else I, I know we're not, everything, I'm not if, the calls. If everything else shit the bed, hiring the ISA is the one yeah. thing for you.
0: 1500 dollars a month, where we have a goal of 20 appointments set slash kept. Let's say I'm only 50% with those people because maybe they're not the most intrigued, maybe it wasn't the best setup, whatever it is. So that's 10 appointments kept and say, I convert half of those. Say that's five listings. Say It's five listings a month starting off in, in the next 90 days in the fourth quarter of this year, 2020, that gets me five listings a month, just from the ISA, not referrals or anything else I do on my own too. That's a pretty good start. 2021 starts in September starts building for that. Yeah, correct. I mean, you got 30, 60, 90 days in, out, this, so.
1: in this business. It starts in September.
0: That's why I'm looking at hiring now. So it puts me August into August by the time they get there, September. So the 30, 60, 90 should be done by the end of the fourth quarter. Hopefully that person works out.
1: 30, 30 days, 60 days, 90 day goals.
0: Uh, basically, not everybody that listens is a Tyler Williams guy. Well, 30, 60, 90, basically they're on a 30 day trial period each month. So your first 30 days, you set the goals and what you want. If they're not exceeding it, you personally like, hey, should I keep them? Or do they need a little more training? The next 60 days is another stop point. Either get rid of them start over or the 90 days, they pass all those. You keep them on, you roll.
1: Have you ever heard the story about the guy who, here's a a question I have because a lot of the stuff we're taught here is that you give them a 30-day trial period. And it's they, actually 90. 90 he goes day, right. days time, it goes 30 days out of time. You give them, 30 them a 90-day day period. Um, it took probably 60 days to hire them. So it's almost a five-month trial. And they end up not working out. Yeah. Right? And we just let them go. If, if they don't work out, they let them go. But they're going to be good at something. So I hear the story of, I look at the company I worked for before I left and came into real estate. And there were people who were not cut out to be on the sales team. So that company said, "You know what? We invested six months into you. Yeah, let's put you somewhere else. You're going to be good at something, right? Nobody's a total shit bag, right? So uh, there's a story of the guy who he was investment. He 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 handled investments, and he ended up losing the company like five million dollars in an investment. And he gets called into the office, and he's totally prepared to be fired." And the he says i know what you're talking about and the boss says why would i fire you i just invested five million dollars in you
0: yeah andrew carnegie said that is that andrew carnegie yeah. so he's like i it's actually like a million but it's the same story He's like i'm not gonna fire you that's a million dollar education you just got or two million so why why are we trying to cut these people so quick when they there's a
1: role that they're good at and if you give somebody an opportunity i feel like they're going to work harder for you
0: yeah because they're you're not ready to hire that opportunity if you're if you're looking for an admin and someone's like man they'd be a great transaction then, coordinator you're to, not ready for a transaction But then to counter that
1: they always say well it's always the right time
0: to hire the right talent if you're in a position if you're a single agent let's single agent looking for an admin to help you out you're not in the right time to hire a buyer's agent because if you have nothing to give them no admin supporting the leads one why would they join you and two they're just going to leave you they're doing the same thing they would do on their own and making less money so see you later if you hire now a transaction for the argument of, well
1: if you hire a buyer's agent you trust they won't leave you
0: yeah, they will. You I'll, I'll leave your, I don't care if you're giving me 80% split. I'm still losing 20% to you. And all I'm doing is the same thing I do on my own. That's okay. the, that's the, the problem. Yeah, so that's if, the problem. You have to be ready. You can keep them on the back burner and be like, a
1: lot of, a lot not of ready agents, for this. A lot of agents bring on this. buyers agents and they're really cool. Go- they're really good on social media saying I'm selling. Uh, uh, what a lot of people don't understand is I could, I could sell one house a year and make it look like I'm the number one agent in on the board on social media. So these people yeah. follow them and they're like, wait a second, I want to join your team because you're crushing it. They join the team that that agent has no way of providing for them.
0: And but then they leave. But like people are so used to just like, Hey, join the team. It's the name that you're joining. Maybe some admins, so- but your support, name doesn't mean it. shit. <laughs> it's we're all, I'll go back. We're all styrofoam cups. Yeah. You only are what you are at that time. The role you have at that period, you might be a top agent for that year at that one brokerage. then what are you next year? So the point being is like, yeah, keep that, keep that talent in mind for next time. But the thing that's different, yes, you run a business in real estate, but at the same time, you're not this mega company that you're manufacturing. You got customer service, you have, um, account accounts, receivable accounts payable. You don't have all this crap to put somebody all that overhead. You have simply you some sales team and admin. If you think about it, that's it. it. Isa's all that stuff. Buyers, agents are all sales. Then you have your admin, which are essentially kind of like payroll, um, maybe client care or whatever. You might have different divisions, but either sales or support. We're not that large to where you have this huge manufacturing company. You can put them somewhere else. If anything, you could put them on a the back burner. Hey, this won't work out. So you hired the wrong person. That's your fault. Um, and you wasted their time really is how you should think about it. But you just keep them in mind for the next opportunity and be like, I'm sorry, this didn't work out. I think you'd be great for this. That's why I did with this one buyer's agent. I'm probably going to hire. Got to do the rest of the hiring process tomorrow. She hired for the admin. I told her, I, was like, I don't think you're going to work out. You know what she said? She's like, she's like, that's great. I really didn't want to do that. I was just kind of applying. And then once you kind of, I saw what it was about, wasn't sure if I wanted to do it. So by actually looking into her, um, reading her assessment, her disc and Kelly KPA. Williams' personality, the KPA, I was like, Hey, I'm sorry. I just don't think it's going to be right for you. Cause she's very sociable, right? I, I don't want someone super sociable. And it saved me time, saved her time. And super now she's so, interviewed super social Yeah. So, uh, um, you gotta look into it. I mean, yeah, they might be good for that time, but if you're not ready for it, then you're wasting your money and time.
1: Here's a question that just kind of, it's been in my head. Um, because I think, I think it is, um, out of the ordinary for agents to be in their first five years, even to start making hires, to start doing type of, you know, to do 16 million in your fourth year. Yeah. What do you think is different now because it used to be real estate used to be a, a an old boys club you you did you sat around for 15 years you went to the country clubs you talked to people and eventually
0: it started coming I think that's still I think that's still there you, but like you, what's I, changed I, overall I, think. I look
1: at I look at you I look at yeah. there's a couple other agents in the board who are in their second or third years I mean there's an agent I, I won't say her name but she's she just does social media stuff and she's probably at 12 million already this year. And she got licensed last year. Really? Yeah. Good for her. And it's, that's not normal.
0: No, I think, uh, that wasn't happening 20 years ago. I think it is when you get into it, it's a lot, of, Obviously, who, you know, if, if you're really local, I think it's not that hard to jump up to 5 million really fast. It's not, if you know the right people and it's the right time, like you're younger and your, your friends are just now starting to buy, And then like younger people are on social media, it's a lot easier. I think back in the day though, you have exposure, to all these mega agents, you have the reality shows that show it is possible to do what people are doing nowadays. Like you don't have to do back in the day. Like even my parents,
1: use that guy as an example, he
0: years. He has a 62 person team. He's the number two
1: agent in the, in the
0: world, right? Does a billion
1: in two years, in 10 years and he did it in a city that he didn't know anybody. He did it yeah. in a city where he would just go up to women walking out of Saks
0: Fifth with three bags and say, "Hey, you look like you need more space." I think I think part of it is like back in the day it goes everyone's used to working a you know, work same place for 30 years. There's a set mindset like, "Hey, if I'm making 50,000 a year, I'm good." Now, I think I don't want to say people are greedier. I think their minds open like we have the internet, you have YouTube. You see what people are doing Nationwide now you don't have a big paper book to go through houses anymore the opportunity to do more deals has been accelerated just like any other business with technology and advancement opportunity imagine and selling education.
1: 116 units that's your goal right 116
0: 110
1: 100 imagine selling 110 units without an e-signature tool
0: you could be dumb but you just need more people which means your net goes down
1: but it to be when you're 20 years ago that you're would be running impossible. around yeah
0: that would be impossible deals being facts i don't think it I, I, guarantee there are people doing a hundred some deals, but they had a huge just like anything else. Like you had, had a huge admin like back in the day, all these offices had all these people doing work where now one administrator sure can do it on a computer cause it makes life easier. How you many don't lose deals, jobs, how many you deals do, do you
1: think an admin should be able to handle? I know the MRE like a
0: I think if, if you're it depends what your admins all doing, like if they're ma- if, if they're they doing a hundred, they're mostly transaction with a little bit are, of admin.
1: If they are just transaction coordinators, you know, paperwork
0: from from pending to close transaction. Wait, just, probably a hundred. I think, I think a, a good admin or say just say transaction coordination be able to do at least a hundred
1: because I can do 50 by myself. I mean because there's no with deals are like a rush deals. stop
0: rush stop. It's like get a paperwork signed done and then you don't do anything. If you're listing there's nothing to do. Wait for the post inspection to come. Mm-hmm. You just maintain like hey did you get that or It's due today. You play babysitter as a listing. Angel. You basically you're a calendar keeper. And then signature tracker, Right. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not demoralizing the job. I mean, it's a lot of stuff going on. But when you look at individual deals, it's a rush once part and then it stops. The agent takes, takes care of the rest. And a
1: really good admin keeps everybody else in line. Yeah. I, there's a, I just did a deal with a team down in Cincinnati and their admin was so good. Like the little things that she did, she would sent. she sent out the day before closing a utility list saying, I CC the um, buyer and the listing agent on this to make sure that they are aware that this is the date the utility should be shut off. These are the utility companies. Mr. Buyer have everything like those little things that that admin was doing. I was like, man, that is impressive. Take notes. And it's, I did. Oh, I save all that stuff. And just, but those are, that's a good admin because again, a lot of it is babysitting. Right. Yeah. Oh, all sure signatures are, are good. All the checks are done, and you do Here's need to your be extremely organized
0: need. person for that. You need organized, not a super super social person, just someone that can stick to a deal time frame. But they, yeah. but they, we get. Um, so Taylor,
1: my wife, talks about she is uh, she's a big introvert, and I, I, I'm an extrovert. So when she goes right. out in public, um, all the energy of people, and you're you're going to be the same way as me the energy of people talking to people in the office talking to clients, you build off of that energy. So you get energy from that. Yeah. But you do. I am
0: I'm, I'm actually more intro. Really? Yeah. So I mean, then, I can't, I'm not one. Like if I'm, a, I can flip a switch, like a networking event. I'm better when I don't know people. Okay. You throw me in a crowd of someone, people I don't know. I'll just be like, Hey man, what's up? Like, I don't care. You
1: throw me a crowd of people I don't know. I
0: will walk out the door. See, you throw me a crowd of people I know. I'll be like, Hey, what's going on? What's going on? It's, it's, like friends and families, I won't ever call them for business. I think it's weird. I hate it. I hate it so but much. But I'll call
1: random people. But I could be in yeah, a crowd of random we, people. We've talked about that. Yeah. I can't. But So she feeds off of... she. I, I feed off of energy of people, right? Being around people, I get excited. I'm happy. Yeah. She is around people and it drains her.
0: Is that why we never hang out?
1: That's why we never <laughs> hang out. But if she's, in, if she's at the home and just gets to organize crap, like if she can't... She's you got to yeah. clean out to clean up is what she's called. Like when you okay. clean the closet, you got to clean out the closet to clean up the closet, but that stuff gives her energy. Yeah, I get it. So with a good admin, they, w- we would look at this and be like, this job this thrive sucks, but they love it. They love having, right. You know, I, I, our, our MCA, which is our accountant at our office has like 15 colored pens on her desk at all times. And each colored pen means something. And that gets her energy. She's excited for that. Where you and I would be like,
0: that looks miserable.
1: Yeah. That would drain
0: me in two seconds. I I get it to a point, but it's only like a a fake. It's a fake organization. I call it like, I'll color coordinate some stuff and it just falls out the window the next day because it doesn't mean shit to me. It doesn't mean anything to me. I try to act like it. I try to get there. They've got uh, it figured out. Well, the best thing I learned here is like, just do what you're good at and leverage everything else out. I'm good at making phone calls. I'm good at connecting rapport with people like no other, but I can only do I'm very minimal. Call. It's like 10 or 12 calls a day because yeah. my calls take forever. Some people say it's a bad thing, but I don't consider it a sales job. So it's not about pounding out the numbers, which a lot of people argue me on that. Me, it's about the rapport building. Whereas if I got an ISA who can do that and I can do the report building on the other side, we're gonna meet in the middle and, and the goal should get hit.
1: My, my dad taught me this and this is a lesson everybody's heard. Um, hey, when we
0: haven't Hugh on the and we can have pod him whenever
1: he'd be excited next week. If you want to have Hugh on the pod, we can have Hugh on the pod next week.
0: Let's do it somewhere nice. We're going have a nice We scotch. can't drink though.
1: Why? He doesn't drink. Bullshit. I swear. Why? Uh he was a party animal. Uh, I'll tell you. all right. He uh, can't I, have a conversation let with, me tell you, with let me tell two grown ass men let me tell on a podcast. This is if oh my god, my dad will kill me if I tell us, but we'll see. So my dad um is a very straight he he really won't drink a sip without straight edge. Yeah. Well my yeah, he, he, won't, he won't drink, um, but he used to. Not when I was born, but he uh, he didn't drink in high school. He was a straight-A student. My dad's kind of that all-American guy. He was a state champion wrestler, uh, track star, has records at his high school. Real sports. Real sports. Um, and he, he, he ended up going to the Air Force Academy, and the first day, you, when you go to the Air Force Academy, back then, they took you to a hotel. So all the cadets went to a hotel the night before, and – he, uh, they all, they start drinking and this is his first time ever drinking. And so they, the, at around 5 a.m., the first bus, remember the first bus comes and takes the cadets to the air force, the, the academy okay. and gets them off and runs through the gamut of the, you man, yeah, all that stuff. And he didn't realize that that wasn't the only bus. So he's up until 3 a.m. drinking for the first time ever. Oh no. And he gets on that 5 a.m. bus and they they rush the cadets off and they're screaming in their face and he'll tell you the story so much better. And they're like, you can say three things: yes, sir; no, sir; sir, may I make a qu- sir, may I ask uh, sir, may I make a statement? And my dad raises his hand, drunk at five thirty a.m. his first day at the academy, and he says, "Sir, may I make a statement?" And they yell at him and they and they said, "What do you want to say?" He goes, "Sir, fuck." you (laughs) and if you saw my dad you'd be like no way but it's one of the all-time stories but he um so circle back we'll have him on the pod but he uh he the company that he worked for after um, getting out of the intelligence agencies was uh, a guy named Raj soin so out here Raj soin has done um a lot and he ended up he, he was a big mentor for my dad and he still is and he sat my dad down one time for in the early years and said you know what are you good at and my dad listed the things he's good at He says okay what are you bad at and my dad listed those things he says okay well how are we going to fix that the things you're bad at and my dad mm-hmm. said well i could take a couple of classes yeah, yeah he says no we're going to hire for those smart man and that's and that I my dad taught me that last one i was like 15 years old and i thought that's so cool no we're going to hire for those and all he wanted to know was what are you bad at Hugh?"
0: and we're going to hire right. out for that because he that. knows
1: what he's good at
0: yeah uh, what are you weak at? Cause it, there's that thing where like he, he wanted my dad to
1: be really good at the things he was good at. Right. And he wanted to, my dad to say, what are you bad at? Okay. We're going to
0: hire for those. Cause there's people that say, you know, you know, focus on your strengths, not your weakness or, you know, work people are like, work on your weaknesses. And, but no. the new thing, I won't say new thing, but the smart thing I think now is people are like, no, focus on your strengths, get stronger. And then yep. find people that can cover your weakness. If you're not good at, the quarterback isn't good at blocking. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> don't fucking don't worry about blocking, it, <laughs> yeah. retard. Like Andy Dalton broke his thumb in the playoffs like ten years ago and ruined the against the Steelers, of course. Yeah. What are you tackling for? Tom Brady would been like, see you later. Run it back for a touchdown. We're up by two. We're four minutes left in fourth quarter. Who cares? We're going to win the playoff game. No. Andy Dalton tries to tackle a fucking big ass defensive lineman, that's three hundred pounds, breaks his thumb, and he's out for the playoffs. Tom Brady's not working on run his run game. Tom Brady knows, and not not gonna say I love Andy Dalton. not he's with Bengals anymore, anyways. But Tom Brady knows, like, we'll get him next time. Don't don't lose the war over one battle. You know, you lose the battle, but win the war. And if you leverage out, you'll win the war. But you'll and lose the And if you battle. build, it, you know I mean? so shit, Tom Tom Brady is a
1: Tom Brady is a
0: pocket passer. I mean, you've seen his yeah. his combine. Him and Peyton running. Manning. If they're about to get sacked, they don't wait to get hit; they just drop. Yeah. You you'll see Peyton Manning. I remember when he would play. He'd oh shit, I'm about to get sacked. But I'll just what, drop him But what does the good team around him do? Right? Yeah. They 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 build
1: yeah. the team builds an offensive line who right. is good at pocket protection.
0: Yeah, and they also they, everyone knows what they're good at. Tom Brady and Peyton Manning all know what they're going to at. They're not going to go run the ball. They're not Michael Vick. And they're going to sit in the pocket. If it collapses, you drop, it, it, and you don't get creamed.
1: And the general manager yeah.
0: isn't out hiring run
1: run offensive linemen. Right? Pass He's protection.
0: not. Pass protection. You'll run the ball once.
1: Yeah. When you so, got Tom Brady in the pocket, hey, uh, we could have...
0: Man, I, I miss sports. So let's. I know. Dude, there's going to be no of... <laughs> world's going crazy. So let's wrap this up, and... In regards to goals, if you could tell Ben Bolton when he first actually paid attention to being in real estate, what's w- the one, the one, the one key advice? Just one, yeah. Not a long sentence. One thing you would tell him that you think would help yourself now. Easy. It's not going to be
1: perfect. Okay. Just do it. Okay. I was so focused early on in perfection, mm-hmm. um, and it it held me back a lot. It's not going to be perfect. Uh, perfection, uh, progress over perfection. Okay. That's what I would tell them. Makes sense. I, I was so focused on the perfection. Did I get everybody's emails answered? Did I, um, and if it wasn't perfect, I would just go in my little cave and, and hunker down and mm-hmm. ignore my, the issues. It's not going to be perfect, but just make sure you're progressing. Makes
0: sense. What about you? <laughs> what would you tell yourself last year? <laughs> Well, I, tell I was like I would say invest I would leverage right away. I would have uh, So, you know, a lot I, of people I,
1: people say that and it's like that's so I, I, scary, I, but
0: it's way more than that because it's like so we were we set ourselves up to be good for it cuz we knew what was going to happen, but you I'm like You say
1: that with your financial statement now.
0: And I, No, 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 but we were back then like we knew what we were getting into. So, what I mean is like most businesses if they're smart, the money they made, they just reinvested. If I would have done that, I will, I want to be talking with you right now.
1: So you would say uh, your first no, year saying you, saying, you would have read. That mean, but we're friends.
0: No, I think we're friends. <laughs> what, what I was saying is, Mike, I won't be talking about sixty million. It'd be forty million. Okay. Because I would be at twenty million right now. Think about it, if I if I went straight out like I started making a few few couple shuckles. I would got an admin, and once I got the admin set up, I would got like an is. If I knew everything I knew now, so you're. I would got the ISA. I would straight invested. I would have took home like a flat thirty k if that. Put everything else back in my business. And then I would be exploded. I wouldn't have made any money the first year or two. I've been real basic, real low income, but I would have skyrocketed. Okay, so let's, let's- SpaceX this shit. Let's what talk
1: done. to the agent of ourselves, right? We were both in a different job and, and I'm talking for anybody who might be listening to this because we've got, what, 40,000 listeners now? <laughs> so we, we're talking to somebody who is in a different job right now, right? They want to get into real estate what is one action item and their what what should be the goal that they set for themselves and what is the one action item you would tell them to do to get to that goal now these are people we're okay, not I talking gotcha. we're not talking gotcha, somebody gotcha, gotcha, who's got gotcha, gotcha.
0: 100 grand in the bank no goal would be um save 6 months of expenses and an action item what well, either or i don't give a shit action item would be call your friends and family tell them you're selling real estate okay that's the quickest way to get deals and then save that six months so you're not... Sh- oh, I got to go back to work because I'm not making any money because you're not going to. I don't care. If it's yeah. the hottest market in the world, you're still not going to make money right away. It doesn't yeah. matter. So, that's what I'll tell them.
1: Okay. I think I would be I would be similar. Save money. Don't spend all your money right away. I'm uh, talking to
0: save money before you even get into it. Oh. Six months, six months before you even get into real estate. I like that. Because it gives, you, it gives you some space, but I think it's not so much that you can just dick
1: around. I think when I got into real estate, I, I, I had... Uh, my big worry was where's the rent going to come from? Exactly. I like that. So I would say, I would say, call your friends and family and build that database.
0: Yeah. Save the money, build a database, get people ready. Jesus Ben. Okay, hour Allison, hour 30 and 30 minutes. Hour 20 minutes. That's not bad. All right, guys, uh, follow us, subscribe, give us feedback on the podcast. You can reach us at real pursuit at real pursuit podcast at gmail. Um, follow me or Ben on Instagram, Facebook, whatever. Reach out to us for your new referrals. Appreciate it.